Oh, and Augie, I do want to try to keep this uh, at about an hour and not go too much Got over. It? Yeah, can you hear me? What happened? Am I, I here? I hear you. Yeah. August, are you there? Yeah, sorry. What what happened? I don't know. You just said, Codner. <laughs> I, I, cut out, I cut out. You guys stopped talking. And I was like, Codner, oh. you <laughs> Matt, are you there? <laughs> I don't know where I am. The Manga Happy Hour Podcast. Matt and August are singing the Happy Hour Podcast theme. Talk about different manga. Every week we talk about manga and get drunk. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Manga Happy Hour. As always, I am your host, Libba Smith, and I am joined today by my co host, Matt Codner. <laughs> Hey, August. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you, dude? I'm fine. I'm fine. I, uh, I am not Libba Smith. That is actually our special guest today. Hey, everybody. Uh, so great to be here. I'm Libba Smith, and I don't know anything about manga. Well, Libba Smith, I can't wait to teach you. I'm Matt Godner. All right. You're going to need to uh, introduce yourself. Uh, our special guest, Libba, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Um, my name's Libba Smith. I work at Viacom CBS. I do not know anything about manga. I love drinking water. That's water. it. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Great. We love the enthusiasm here at the Manga Happy Hour, the show where we do uh, a little bit of thematic analysis of our favorite manga, and we bring a out-of-the-loop friend into the mix. Um, so with that, Augie, how are you doing today? You know, I'm pretty good. Uh, it has been a heat wave here in Seattle, which has been kind of challenging, um, just because we have a French bulldog and she has a smush face. So she has been really lethargic, which has made us concerned, but we just realized that she's really hot. So we cover her in like ice packs a lot and she Aww. seems to be doing okay. It, is that the same breeding, uh, issue that pugs have where humans have kind of bred them to their detriment? Mm -hmm. yeah that and like english bulldogs and like some terrier or like bull terriers have that as well they're just like their nasal cavity is like kind of indented in their face so they like yeah. they breathe a lot how have okay. you been this past week i'm okay uh my nose it's funny that you're talking about nasal issues i've had numerous sinus issues and i've had two nose surgeries done in my life to kind of correct issues Back in seventh grade, I had my adenoids removed, and maybe two or three years ago, I had a septoplasty to correct. Uh, it's a the corrective surgery to fix a deviated septum from too much uh, cocaine usage. Uh, it, it's a worse story <laughs> than that. Uh, I was uh, this was at the college uh, senior year, and I was in a dorm room doing the YouTube dance tutorial for Jazz Hands, okay. and uh, that tutorial features a lot of uh, air punching. And on a step, when everyone had to punch right, I not only stepped left, but I stepped left in rows onto a folding chair. So the right punch into the air actually socked me directly in the nose. And I do believe that is what deviated my septum. So somebody hit you so hard that it deviated your septum? We were drunk. I mean, other than that, or I, I pick my nose a lot. Um, who knows? Who hit you? Yeah, who, who was it? Oh, Libba, it was that guy who didn't wear shoes 
Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, you get the mangled great. feet. That makes sense. <laughs> I forget his name. Um, I don't know his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, may, maybe we never uh, think of that uh, mangled toe again. But speaking of mangled toes, I do want to say that I, I went to the podiatrist today and I got an x-ray that revealed that my left pinky toe is fractured. And we covered this, Lib, I don't know if, you, if you're if you caught up with Codner's uh, foot news, but we covered yeah, this in the Yeah, I heard last... about this. Always yeah. a foot issue with this guy. Yeah, it's the same foot where I broke my ankle. Um, actually, yep. roller skating with you, Libba. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for uh, tending to my wound that night. Um, I believe you, we, you, me, and Sarah went back to my apartment and played uh, Wii U uh, until you guys left, and I was miserable. Thank you very much. Yeah, we really thought that it was like not an issue and that you were just kind of, you know. Yeah, so did my now wife, then girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> who made me walk a mile to go sing karaoke with her on a Monday night. But Yeah. Ah, Jesus. It is what it is. Um, Augie, what are we talking about today? So today we're, uh, we're going to be talking about two different mangas. Um, I'm going to be talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion, and I believe you are hitting the uh, newly... Um, issued Chainsaw Man, if I'm correct. Yeah, by the same uh, author as Fire Punch, which is a very fun episode that we did earlier. Yeah. Um, But the thematic uh, topic that we are going to be hitting on today is that of confusion. What was that? Confusion. What is that? Confusion? I'm confused. Anyways, um, so it, we have a great show uh, that we hope to uh, eventually get to. Um, and I do also just want to say that this is the first episode that we are recording after releasing eight episodes. Yeah, it's very exciting. Ooh. I know. We finally uh, uh, bit the bullet and swallowed our fear and put this online. We've been doing this since May, folks. So I want to thank everyone uh, who has tuned in, who has recommended me. You know, I got a big shout out from Opal Clovers over at uh, Manga Instagram. I want to Ooh, thank you for that. You really? Mm-hmm. Yep. She That's made a little post about it. She she was in a four-hour uh, traffic jam the day that the show came out. She said that she listened to four episodes. I was so flattered. Thank you. Thank you, Opal Clovers. That's really nice. Um, yeah, my mom listens to it, which is pretty exciting. Uh, she's only traveling across the country, so that's fun for her to listen to me, I guess, and us, which is nice. Great. And Libby, uh, you said you've heard this, right? Yeah, I listened to your episode with Vicky. It made me you guys. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> Glad to hear your voices. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great to have you uh, on the horn, and we can't wait to hear what you have to say about these uh, extreme nerd-ass shit because i didn't even know that neon genesis even galleon or jellion which one is galleon had a manga i thought it was just a anime that i would never get into so august you want to take away your uh take it away with your excuse me thought of uh confusion for sure i do um so neon genesis evangelion is a manga slash anime that came out by the um, producer of Hideki Anno, um, who is kind of a prominent um, manga director, producer, uh, and creator coming out of Japan. Uh, most notably, not most notably. He's a manga, besides, cre- a manga director or an anime? 
anime director, sorry, uh, and, okay. and film director. He directed the... Libba, um, this is what Jenny. the show is. It's just August fucking up and me having to clean up after him. <laughs> Fuck you, Connor. Uh, uh, Hideki Anno most notably worked for Studio Ghibli in the production of Nasca Valley of the Wind as a really early animator. Um, he gained a lot of notoriety from that and ended up writing Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is... I'm going to try to condense this. It's a very complex... Um, it's like anime robots, monks, right? It's like what? It's just like robots fighting Martians, right? I, I mean, it's yeah, you could say I, it's, Yeah, it's like uh, young children who are piloting like uh, mecha, which are like large robot uh, humanoid figures, and they are fighting against what are deemed as like angels, but they're kind of an alien form. So we have uh, the main character, Shinji Akari, kind of going through. Uh, his t- young teenage years having to pilot one of like the largest, most deadly weapons in uh, uh, humankind battling like unknown alien creatures. Um, what, guess, what, sh- what is the thing that he pilots? What is that called? Sorry. It's called what an Ava. Oh, an Ava. Is that yeah. Evangelion? Yeah. Okay. Sure. sure. That sounds like um, a great job and- for a teen. It's really, yeah, it's really complex, uh, not only because the mecha... Uh, what was uh, sorry, that? Fan. Is that a gunshot? Oh, and <laughs> just fell out of my window. Oh, my God. We, we, we had a shooting just around the corner in Ridgewood. Uh, Did you? A couple, yeah, what? like a week ago. There was a, a drive-by shooting where four people on scooters um, shot at an intended target right across the street from San Remo Pizzeria oh my on Myrtle and Putnam. Um, and they they struck him in the leg. He checked himself into the hospital, and a lady was crossing the street, and her ear got grazed by a bullet. What the oh hell is God. happening, people? What is happening? That's why. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's wild, man. Oh. All right, uh, but to get back into it, um, so Neon Genesis kind of takes place revolving around um, three teens: uh, Shinji Ikari. Uh, Ray Ayanami and then Oscar Langley, um, and they are like the three the three pilots of uh, these Avas. Um, but it gets kind of complex because Shinji is brought on to this project. Um, okay, I would like to ask my first interruption yes. question: What is the difference between manga and anime? Anime is manga all is like is that written? Um, anime is a animated cartoon. And okay. a manga is a uh, comic. It's okay, as simple cool. as that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And a lot, the, the kind of classic uh, order of events is that a manga is produced by a author and a writer or oftentimes the same person. Pardon me. And uh, an anime is created by a giant studio. Sometimes they adapt it. Sometimes they have their own thing. Okay. Um, and I think oh, the one that August is talking about now was originally conceived of as an anime. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So it was written as an anime and then got adapted into a manga series later um, by Ikuto Yamashita. Um, so after it, the full- and for our friends at home, are we primarily going to be talking about the anime or the manga today? Um, they parallel each other. So there's not a great kind of okay. divide as in typically when like manga is adapted into an anime you know, the anime just kind of moved kind of seamlessly. One to one. Yeah, yeah, one to one for sure. It's kind of like one paste from one piece, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. 
Libba, have you um, have you seen any kind of anime before? No, I never have. Nothing. No, like, nothing on Cartoon Network. After no Naruto. No. Sailor Moon. No. In I like you know. I like didn't watch any TV growing up, and then like it was never anything that I got into. So I've yeah, I've literally seen nothing. Wow, it's just SNL for you nonstop, huh? Right, yeah, twenty four seven. Wow, who? What's your favorite uh, SNL skit? Let's just ask you that. Uh, oh, I really like anything with Gilly with Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig's my favorite. She's so funny. Yeah. Have to agree. Yeah. Um, so all right, so Augie, what where are we at with EVA? So yeah, EVA. So the the whole the central like moving element is Shinji Akari, who's this like fifteen year old boy, has to pilot kind of humanity's last hope for survival against these giant alien creatures, and they don't really represent themselves as alien. Like uh, they, you know, they're not humanoid always. They're just kind of like these giant lumbering creatures. There are 17 of them and they show up at different times. Like a rival. What? Like a rival. Do you guys see that movie? Kind Kind of similar. Actually, one looks very similar to Arrival. It's just this giant trapezoid okay. that like, shoots a laser beam down into the ground. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty fun and weird. Uh, but Shinji, it's kind of the tale of Shinji moving through um, his story of having to pilot this, you know, giant creature which can cause massive destruction, destroying cities and kind of seascapes and landscapes with pretty pretty easy maneuvering and then also him dealing with his father who's estranged from who runs the entire program um, while also dealing with kind of his uh, depressed unresolved feelings around his mother's death um, and his father ignoring him because of said death of mother um, so this the is a lot is, for a 15 year old it's oh, yeah. incredibly it's incredibly incredibly dark um, uh Hideki Anno is prone to mental illness. He's very open about how depressed he's been. Um, and this manga anime series has really been a reflection on his kind of uh, philosophical stances of the current state of humanity and its progress, and also kind of his own interpersonal feelings around relationships and, um, you know, status. Uh, but it gets really, really dark. You know, Shinji has a lot of feelings that are really confused. Um, you know, he is commanded by his father, who is, again, the head of this program, to get into this giant uh, being who fuses not only with kind of his his body in a sense that he's controlling the movements with his hands and his legs, but he also, the creature or the Ava, taps into his mental status. So if Shinji is having like an off day, if he's anxious, like some of us typically are, like today I was really anxious because it got really hot and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't, or Shinji couldn't uh, compatibly operate the Ava. So if he's feeling anxious or depressed or kind of anything out of a normal state of being, he's not able to operate it. So he has that added stress. Libba, what, what were you dealing with when you were 15? Oh my God, literally nothing. Speaking yeah. of SNL, when I was 15, my, uh, I had to get my best friend to buy me the, David's, the Best of David Spade DVD because Ooh. my mom didn't want me to watch it because she thought it was too raunchy. Wow. So that's what I was dealing with when I was 15. So, Was it also, could you also not purchase it because you didn't have cash funds or because it was rated R? Uh, because it was rated R and also because like I didn't have a credit card to buy it for myself online, you know? So, uh, yeah. 
Wow. So it sounds like you would not be able to save the earth from the angels. Probably not. I would not put that on my 15 year old self. Mm. Yeah. Um, But throughout the, the manga and the anime, a lot of, you know, very basic questions are asked kind of about the relationships that humans hold and how they value those. And we're, you know, we're kind of given a lens of Shinji's view of that. And throughout the entire manga, and a lot of people, he is kind of the protagonist throughout the entire series, but everyone who has read and loves the manga and the anime kind of hates Shinji Ikari because he's really, really whiny. He has no self-centered kind of uh, inner monologue of like understanding what's good or what's bad. He's he just a child. Kind of He's a well. He's a child, yeah. but he's also he's also negligent in a lot of ways, where he just chooses to look at himself rather than look outwards. Um, he's a child. That's a, yeah. That sounds yeah. He's an anxious fifteen-year-old. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so, I used to have panic attacks about doing homework. Put me in a giant robot? Yeah. No way. No way. I still panic attacks about doing homework. I did do homework yesterday, and I was like. I was itching the entire time. It was terrible. Oh my God, yeah, we were terrible. Te- August. We were texting last night, and you were sending me like K, the letter K as responses to texts. I was like, this yeah. guy is stressed. Aww. Stressed, and also in class. So you know, balancing act, I suppose. Um, I suppose. But in the end, uh, you suppose. You suppose. Um, hey, Neon, Genesis- Neon Genesis is really. Uh, really kind of the entire the entire central theme is misinformation or just having a confused state of being and you kind of identifying with shinji or not identifying with him i think everybody can you know relate to being confused and anxious as a as a child but we're also given adult figures uh in his life that kind of represent different pillars of stability love you know, admiration, um, you know, to lean on as well. Um, but even those characters have kind of confused moralities within them. Um, his, uh, his like main keeper is this uh, very, very kind and gracious kind of younger woman in her 20s who runs the entire Ava program. But she has a confused relationship with all the men in her life because her father died on the first excursion, which unfortunately brought the angels to earth. Um, I, and- I feel like the, and I really want to make this clear that I have tried to watch uh, neon gen. How do you usually say it conversationally? Evangelion? Yeah. I just say Evangelion. Evangelion, whatever. Um, I think I've seen the first episode three times in the last 15 years and I have just never yeah. stuck with it. So, Augie, this is really going to be focused on you for this section. Um, But, yeah, it's just like an issue of, I remember that lady being burping a lot tonight. Um, Yeah. Very into into that boy. Yeah. And, I mean, there's also, there's like a whole, like, I mean, a lot. A lot of essays have been like, like academic essays have been written about uh, the anime specifically. Um, There's like a whole Oedipus complex that's developed um, because so there are the three pilots of the Avas, Shinji, Asuka, and then Rei. Um, And Shinji is in love with Rei. She's kind of this despondent um, younger woman, again, she's probably like 15, uh, who is really unaffectionate towards Shinji, but he like, you know, latches onto that. And at the very end of the series, we find out that she's actually a clone of his mother. 
Oh, wow. Wow. I hate, I hate it when oh that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really fucked up. So, like, the entire series, you're like, yeah, like, Shinji and Rei should be together. They're all, like, this This makes sense. Um, you know, like, they bond over how, like, kind of cataclysmically upsetting their position Does he know? No, so he doesn't find out until the very end. Oh, my um, God. And then, like, hey, and then Shinji, like, baby. I am a clone of your mother. <laughs> I'm a clone of your mother. Surprise. She ends up becoming kind of in the the movies which wrap up the eventual series. She ends up becoming this god figure. So not only is he Shinji, baby, I have become a god. Come here and give me some sugar. (laughs) It's really fucked up. So you you go through the entire series the first time, not understanding that, and then you have to rewatch it. You know, kind of knowing those dynamics are present, and you know, trying to suss out how the the affection and like you know the love forms for shinji um and just how fucked wow. up it is so yeah. augie yeah, can i wild. can i ask you to kind of synthesize all of that you've spoken about with confusion like what do you think the central theme of uh evangelion is uh in terms of confusion i mean that's a great question i think that well evangelion also follows predominantly uh, along the theological lines of Christianity. There are a lot of Christian um, symbols involved uh, throughout the anime and manga. Um, but the, I guess the central kind of thesis is that the protagonist, Shinji, is lost and confused throughout the entire journey of um, the series until the very end where we reach this very cyclical ending where kind of everything is fused into one being and we're able to see not only time and space become one, but emotions and ego become one as well. So confusion is, Buddy, I mean, kind what? of almost... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Confusion is, is kind of the central driving point for almost the entire uh, motivation for every central character, plot line, and thematic element, because we're, we're not given a, an entire uh, kind of view of what's going on until the very end which kind so of would, would you say that. that confusion is a uh, positive or negative force in these characters lives I don't, I don't think that it's broken down into a binary structure like that to be honest wow so. okay yeah who went to liberal arts school um, you me uh, and libo all of us <laughs> all of us uh so i don't you know i don't think it's good or bad it just kind of exists within the storytelling um but you know the characters really move through their confusion with you know a lot of uh uh they they move through their lives with a lot of unknowing um which is really unfortunate you know it revolves around children without parents um so it's really kind of a story about orphans kind of growing up in post-apocalyptic world settings which is just kind of sad but you know a lot of that's they're, they're just reacting to confusion and misinformation almost so much for my happy ending you know that song right no what's that song no oh Hold on. Uh, it, it goes so much for my happy ending. We got that when you sang it already. <laughs> uh, it's by it Avril. Song? Sorry, it's by uh, Avril Lavigne. Oh, I'm uh, glad that I said it was. Was it a jazz song? 
Yeah. Well, that I, I tried, was kind of jazzy, Matt. I tried singing it jazzy to give myself time to Google because I couldn't tell you. Mm. Um, hey, Avril Lavigne is actually one of uh, Aichiro Oda's favorite musical artists, believe it or not. I, I do believe it. I, I did follow that like whole subreddit that, that, that spawned a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I mean, Libo, what was that I talked over you? It's just a great taste. Great taste. Great taste. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I was watching um, an old One Piece movie, maybe Strong World, um, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, it was a Avril Lavigne sung cover of a Nickelback song. Um, oh wow! And I, and I was watching a fan sub, like totally ripped off on some bullshit internet site, and I was like, "Is this like a fucking crank?" Am I being cranked right now by the fan subbers? But no, it turns out that uh, Ichiro Oda loves Avril Lavigne. So mm. I thought and that was fantastic. Nickelback. Yeah. And Nickelback. And um, Nickelback. But God, I mean, just to wrap things up uh, for Evangelion, you know, everything that exists kind of in that framework of the anime manga is kind of predicated on everyone being confused by not only like their desires or understandings of things, but also their actions. You know, I, you know, everything in their world doesn't make sense to them. Um, like, and why are we doing this? Is that a big yeah, question? You know, and it's, yeah, like a big, like nihilism is really large throughout. Like that's a really prevalent um, theme and structure. That well, I, I remember maybe from the second episode, actually, uh, Shinji had his first fight against an angel and I remember there being just a lot of like, why am I doing this? What is what is the purpose behind this? Why are they asking me to do it? Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. He's he's constantly asking himself, why me? Why now? Why this? Um, he's like almost stuck in this state of confusion for most of the manga um, until until the very end. To be honest, I'm sure um, that's how uh, Donald Trump thinks every day why is this happening why, to me why me? why is this happening <laughs> why me why yeah. me um but i mean i you know i can relate to those feelings of being confused as a as a 15 year old even 18 year old and sometimes yeah, even definitely. now like, why is as that a, happening uh, as me? a beautiful 30 year old yeah we're, we're 30 years old. are you 30 now i'm 28 <laughs> all right That's hey fine. go go back to preschool <laughs> would you um, but you know, like for for a lot of people that read and watched uh, Evangelion, those kind of um, themes and elements really stuck because you know we could relate to Shinji not understanding why you know uh, what was happening to him was happening, but also seeing anxiety being portrayed um, in a cartoon was you know not prevalent in the U.S. especially like you know uh, again we've talked about this before, but. When I first started reading manga and watching anime, uh, those themes weren't around in cartoons. You know, I didn't see Spider-Man uh, or Batman having a ton of anxiety that was, you know, kind of openly being portrayed. Um, not that I was reading a ton, but if you, you know, turned on the TV or whatever, like you didn't see mm-hmm. Batman being like, oh, why is this happening to me? Why is the Joker being a dickhole? Right. Just, or you know, saying like, oh, my God, the Joker is going to kill these people if I don't do anything. And then launching into a panic attack where he's yeah. like, I need to do something, but I can't. That doesn't he's happen just, to him. No. Yeah. He's, he doesn't sit down and shake for a while and needed to be hugged. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but the, you know, these characters were very relatable. I mean, they were pretty honest to what, you know, a teenage experience wow. is when you have too much pressure on yourself. Hey, Libba, so 
Um, I'm having trouble following along with the through line of how this series could be executed as someone who has read a thousand of these things. How are you keeping up with all this? Uh, okay, I guess to be frank, I'm not keeping up with like necessarily the plot points, but I feel like all of the <laughs> overarching <laughs> themes are very poignant. Okay. So, so is, August, most, is, it, is, is it, most manga like this philosophical? No, 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 no. Okay. No, this, this one, this one especially has been kind of uh, more engaged, I think, because Ano is a he's a pretty intellectual figure, and he has like the fourth episode I think is called the Hedgehog Dilemma, um, which you know is written off of I think a Kierkegaard fucking essay or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. shouts out uh, to Kierkegaard. Uh, philosophy, philosophy is like pretty woven into you know the dynamics of everything. Yeah. There, there's this whole subgenre of anime which is very juvenile and disgusting, um, especially in its depiction of women, but also kind of simplistic. There's always a uh, young male teenager's hero journey that goes from start to finish with good conquering bad. But within that um, kind of art form, there's this whole subdivision of just balls to the walls, insane anime, like Neon Genesis, Evangelion, I assume is one of them. Um, August, did you watch this on Netflix? It was B, The Beginning. That was just like an incomprehensible anime that came out with superpowers and detectives and not it like literally just doesn't make sense serial experiments lane um haibane renme there's just a plethora of shit out there that you watch the episode and you think that was really cool but i don't understand what they want or what the fuck is happening Mm, yeah yeah that's kind of been my impression of this whole genre is that not genre but like i know that medium i would say medium yeah media medium is that like it's all very like more frivolous and i don't know like what i think of like american stuff like talking about batman yeah like batman doesn't give a fuck he doesn't you know yeah actually it feels very american yeah and obviously that's like me watch or knowing about kind of american comic book stuff not that those are the same it just like kind of bleeds into what i've always thought about manga yeah okay and Libba, how, I, I, whenever you came by my apartment um for a party or whatever and you saw my giant bookcase what did you think let's get this on the record what did i think i don't i just thought it was like something fun like how like i don't know okay. like you know how like a beach read type thing you know like mm-hmm. this is an easy reading yeah easy you know don't have to think too much yeah well, I'll tell you this much. There's a lot going on in these. I mean, clearly. Clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I think in some of it, though, I think, you know, Cotter and I tend to, you know, I'm, I'm more drawn to those that have a little bit more substance than just kind of, yeah. you know, Dragon Ball Z style, just fighting. And then they're just like powering up. I find that a little monotonous, but yeah. yeah. And also, yeah, sorry. I love it. Um, yeah. 30, 30 years old, damn 30. And I will still read the fucking dumbass shit with no thematic, uh, with not a thematic thought that went into the consideration of the uh, yeah. creation. Yeah. Guys, I mean, I'm learning a lot. You're learning, you're learning a, lot. a lot? Great. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, 
Well, I mean, that's kind of all that I have to present on Neon Genesis. I know that there's probably some through line issue that Connor feels I didn't address with Neon Genesis, but it is a really dense plot. I mean, it takes... Um, Buddy, I takes think you addressed to... everything perfectly. All right, cool. I also do want to um, address that I uh, did uh, miscredit the Hedgehog's Dilemma to wow. Schopenhauer. Um, so, sorry to... Sorry to Kierkegaard, it was not you. But right, who's Kierkegaard? Is he alive? Tweets. Yeah. <laughs> no, Kierkegaard was a Danish philosopher, dude. He's he he died in like the nineteenth century. All right, so maybe he's got some descendants who are gonna be writing us an angry letter. Yeah, they're for sure listening to this podcast. I'm gonna get them I'm gonna seek them out and get them riled up about this, <laughs> don't worry. Ha- hashtag um Kierkegaard revenge. <laughs> Kierkegaard gate. Um yeah. I, I would like to, because we ended this uh, just now on my topic, like to do a little drink check to see what everybody's um, sipping oh, on. Oh, this is the manga happy hour after all. Oh. Oh. But what, are you, what do you have for your libations? Guys, I'm enjoying a Bud Light orange. That's you know what? what? Yeah. Bud Light orange. It's excellent. It tastes like an orange soda, but it's a Bud Light. It's great. Highly oh, recommend. That's so on brand. Right? It's great. August, what did you say? I just had to Google that that was real because I thought you were making a joke. Uh, but it's real. No, I've yeah. seen those. It's like Bud Light Lime. It's the same. Right. No, idea, I was going right? to say, yeah, I got this in a variety pack with Bud Light Limes and Bud Light Lemonade. And those nice. both are gross. Not yeah. Bud Light Lime as much. Sorry, Matt. But Bud Light Orange is where it's at. It's great. Wow. It I, taste, I've never had that. Can I ask a question? Does it taste similar to like a Blue Moon? No, not at all. No, it tastes like, truly it tastes like an orange soda. Oh. So I like, like a blue moon with a little orange in there. Yeah, same. Even though I've heard that the rind of a fruit at a bar is the most uh, unhygienic thing that you could be eating. We're not supposed to eat a rind ever. Yeah, so I know, but you dr- but they just cut they it and then it they drop the it into the beer. Yeah. You're not supposed to be drinking those germs. Sorry, germs. I will say, I will say that if you're if you're at like a shitty bar, you shouldn't order anything that has like a rind in it. But most places like they wear gloves when they cut it. Like there are protocols. Whenever I did food prep, uh, cutting I cut many many limes for uh, catering events. Mm-hmm. Um, Libby, you worked some of those with me. Uh, I never oh, yeah. wore a glove ever. That's gross of you, dude. And you should have been fired. Yeah, Someone I have told him. He I used to make fired. sandwiches for a uh, high end. Uh, hair salon back in 2012 uh they promoted yeah. me from a doorman to a snack boy or, and i would was make was it called? yeah i won't get into that um but i would make a 15 or 16 dollar um pesto grilled cheese sandwich and i had never cooked food before i didn't know what i was doing i just slathered a bunch of stuff on and probably picked my nose and deviated my septum even further after that guy punched me in college. <laughs> and I got paid $12 an hour and I thought I'm fucking raking it in right now. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited to know about uh, Bud Light Orange. I will see if my local grocery has them in singles and buy one. Oh, I definitely it. recommend. Yeah. Give it a, give it a try. Give it a try. Uh, I am. I'm drinking some Fernet again, which is again kind of my, okay. Kind of my like go-to. straight Fernet. Yeah, dude. Fernet on ice. What? Yeah, it's my go-to. 
I love it. Didn't That's impressive. It's hey, impressive, thanks. Libba. Speak your mind. This is the manga happy hour. Tell him that he is weird for this. You can tell me that sounds shitty. But no, I mean, it's to me, maybe, but that's impressive. I could never drink Frenette straight on ice. So, you know what? Kudos. <laughs> Thanks. Kudos. Libba, what's the most disgusting thing you've ever drank, alcohol-wise? <laughs> Frenette. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've got, a, I've got two full bottles of Malort here at home. Oh, God. Does everybody Malort. know that at home? Yeah, Malort's even worse, actually. Maybe mine's Malort. Have you, has Gus made you uh, drink Malort? If you see oh yeah, go, yeah. I did a yeah. I did a shot of Malort. August, you know about this? Malort? Yeah, I know about Malort. I'm from Indiana, baby. But it's just what? a Chicago thing. How do you know about it? Because I'm from Indiana. I have friends that's from Chicago. I spend, yeah, like, they don't like swear you to secrecy when you leave the city yeah, like, of Chicago. It's not, look, it's not like you're from Hammond, Indiana, where you're just like over the border and you have a Chicago radio station in your town. You're yeah, but I'm like Green Cat. You're basically from White Castle, dude. You're not from Chicago. Okay, one thing you, White Castle is not a place in Indiana. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, I was like three hours outside of Chicago and I went to a. You know, I went to yeah, a and I, I'm three hours out of Philly. Philly. I don't live by. I don't live in Philly right now. Hunter, get the fuck out of here. That's why I you don't, don't know about the Philly Malort, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, Malort's gross. I'm gonna be honest. I don't like oh that. no, I, I had my parents bring me two bottles from a local uh, local liquor store, and uh, I have a video of me, mom, dad, and Vicky all uh, taking shots of it, and uh, no one's happy. It's not a happy thing. Shocker. Can you actually send me that uh, that video? I'd love to see it. Also, I just looked up Malort, and it's like one of their uh, one of their campaigns is weeding out Chicago's weak since 1934. Yeah. Ugh. And look, I'm not trying to get fucking hammered tonight, but if you two will talk for approximately two minutes, I will go get a bottle and do a taste test on this podcast. Okay. That's fine. Let's taste test. Yeah. Libba, okay. what? Take care. All right. You didn't need to say that part. That's fine. Um, <laughs> what have you been watching recently uh, in the quarantine times? Okay, again, what? I don't really have Wi-Fi at my mom's house, so I've been oh, sorry, watching sorry, sorry. not much. No, but actually, I mean, what I have no, what I have been doing actually is me and my two friends. Um, we like all have cable still, and so we like tune into a different movie together every night. It has been really fun and cute because we like text each other during it and during commercial breaks, we can get up and go, you know, like get more drinks or whatever. Sure. So that's been fun. I watched Aaron Brockovich for the first time, which was oh, thrilling. Man. So, Aaron Brockovich. I haven't seen that in so, probably since it came out. Oh, that's a great movie. Hey, Playboy Alert. I'm back with the uh, bottle of Jepson's Malort liqueur. Okay. Thank you, Codner, for reintroducing yourself. Hey, this is Matt Codner here. This is the Malort Happy Hour. Playboy alert. Married man. Oh, this is a <laughs> uh, this is a amber colored shot that I have poured out for myself. Okay. Um, it is a Chicago tradition. I'm from the suburbs, so uh, I've really only drank in it when I've gone to visit friends who have moved into the city. So. Um, here I go. Does anybody have any yeah, good last luck. words? Godspeed. August. Disgusting. Good, good luck, buddy. All right, here we go. Three, two, one.
Oh, it's warm. Oh, no. I didn't even refrigerate it. Do you refrigerate liqueur, really? Yeah. You got to do whatever you can to make Malort more drinkable. Also, just not a nice sounding name. Um, Connor, let's let's jump into what you're about to uh, lay on us with Chainsaw Man. How about that? Yeah, I've been uh, drinking. No, this okay is a name beer. I can get behind. Chainsaw Man. It's yeah, a man old. who uh, can create chainsaws, and he oh what? god fights demons and fiends. What do you mean uh, by he can create chainsaws? Yeah, it's not like he's like Libba. it's not like he's summoning the Home Depot chainsaws. To <laughs> right, like that's so that's so funny, guys. Oh, uh, well, I'm in a lot of pain, but I think I'm going to try to push through and tell you that chainsaw man is a uh very recent manga by uh what's his name tatsuki fujimoto same guy who did uh fire punch yeah Uh, it's a world uh in the current day close future where um everything is the way it is as today but it has uh demons and devils and fiends uh it's a pretty big difference Huge, Small. huge difference. Um, I'm regaining my uh, sense of sight uh, before it was totally blocked out from the Malord. Um, so it follows a very uh, stupid hero named Denji who makes a bizarre contract with a chainsaw devil named Pochita who is a cute little poochie with a chainsaw nose and a ripcord tail. Um, in the very first chapter, Denji actually gets uh, mutilated by uh, the uh, mafia that he works for. And because of this unique bond that he has made with this chainsaw devil dog, they actually merge. And Pochita, the chainsaw devil, becomes his heart. And uh, Denji is reanimated after dying a meaningless death. And the series is kind of just a exploration of Denji trying to find meaning uh, in life where he has been bestowed this incredible power of uh, turning into what is dubbed Chainsaw Man, where he is not a human and he's not a devil, but he is something that can murderize people. That is his terminology. Uh, Chainsaws come out of his left arm, his right arm, and his head. And he really just goes to town on demons and devils. It's really fucked up. Um, Wow. Connor, uh, is Dingy kind of a a smart character? Does he, like, have a, a framework of, like, what the world looks like to him? Or is he just kind of a simple goof? So Denji is a clod. He is a simpleton, and he only knows what is in front of him. Uh, when we meet him in the very first chapter, he wants for basic necessities. He dreams about eating um, jam on his toast. He's never had not even a creature comfort, but a uh, delight. He's just living a life of agony and pain, and. In terms of confusion, I think the world around him is very confused. People are trying to go about their lives 
and you're going you're driving to work and then all of a sudden a leech demon might just pick your car up and try to kill you um it's a very complicated world and denji is completely unfazed by any of this he is sought after by many different international players um like in terms of government who want to utilize his power his feared abilities to turn into a devil which is a very rare situation to happen and i i think why i want to talk about chainsaw man in terms of confusion is that our protagonist denji is so unaffected by confusion almost the exact opposite of shinji is that right from evangelion he is clear-eyed and single-minded there are very very basic things in life that he wants and when he gets them he is either um, disappointed that they don't live up to expectations or he is enthralled that it's better than he could have ever um, wished for and the the world what does that he has... want is it that he's like looking oh, for God. justice to like get rid of the demons or is no, it no libba uh, this almost made me stop reading the manga at the very start but the first uh maybe august three or four break. weeks august what was that sorry i just said yeah the whole his like just keep going sorry yeah the, the first couple weeks of the that the series was running his main character motivation after coming back to life as chainsaw man was this kind of futile search to uh in to discover himself sexually like he wanted to touch boobs um which was very childish and uh unfortunate and as the series went on he found uh varying levels of disappointment with his base uh idea for um kind of enjoyment and feeling gratified but it's really it's really just a simple-minded character going about um, basically doing anything that is asked of him for a base desire. It is a life where confusion does not um, register to him, but it is ever present for everybody around him. Um, so I, I, I guess what I came up with was that the um, central theme is that confusion will hold you back. The, Why, what, in, in what way is it holding Dingy back, do you think? Well, I think that he is um, demonstrating that by not being bogged down by confusion, by not having any kind of moral qualms, by not having motivations that really um, dig down deep emotionally, he is able to do what anybody asks him to. Um, early on, we, we learned about the gun devil, the uh, devil who killed about 1.3 million people in a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. kind of this uh, worldwide event that changed the, uh, the face of the world and the idea about devils. And he is presented with this awesome task of, will you be the one to kill and uh, exercise this devil and his motivation is that if he does this, he gets a wish from a beautiful woman. Mm. Anything that he wants will be granted by her, by Makima. And 
I mean, here we are almost two, two and a half years into the series, and we are seeing the effects of that worldview of just kind of blindly doing without agonizing, without having to worry or think like, what are the implications? It, it almost presents a worldview of taking action for action's sake and dealing with it afterwards. So like, he's not evolving at all in terms of like looking for, you know, justice for others or care for others at all? Is it still no. after however long, two and a half years, it's still like he's just looking out for himself? Yeah, and he is quarreling with the uh, situation around him. He loses a, a very good friend. He actually has to kill someone who's turned into an enemy of sorts. And he has basically reverted to this base, to this uh, feeling of, I want to be your dog. I think that was the most recent chapter where yeah. he would be happier if he didn't have any agency. If he was useful... He could find happiness in that, but having to make a tough decision, having to agonize over something is ultimately worse than just showing up and punching in. Augie, I want to, I want to uh, bring you into the fold on this one. What do you think about this? I think it's, yeah, I mean, I think that you're correct in the analysis. I, I think I've been trying to consider or find another character in other you know series that are very similar and i'm i'm struggling to find one that is almost as simplistic as dingy um who just kind of wants to be a tool um but you know the start of this series i believe that dingy is indebted to kind of the mafia or the yakuza um because his father had debts mm -hmm. um and they're so passed almost, down to him yeah, and they're passed down to him. But almost his entire kind of worldview or, you know, outlook is kind of crafted from neglect and abuse. Um, so, I mean, he, his, you know, his kind of eagerness to be kind of task-oriented, right, of just kind of serving um, makes sense because that's all that he's ever done. Um, so having to not engage with kind of moralities or decision-making um, almost makes sense from his trauma, you know? I mean, he, yeah. he, he came from a really, you know, negative and dark place, and he, the only way that he's reacting is, you know, kind of in defense, you know, by shutting down. And a, um, a big part of this series is showing loss uh, when it comes to dealing with the, this, uh, excuse me, caliber of enemy like what do you mean by enemy uh of the devils that the that hit that denji and his cohorts have to deal with mm. most of the people in the series end up dead like almost sure. at the drop of a hat a character can die just because of the mm. severity of what they're dealing with and i think that denji knows that he has this kind of innate power he has this um ability because he fused with the chainsaw demon for really no reason other than just the fact that he was an it was an uncommon event that might have happened that the people around him are going to die whether or not they uh feel affected or drawn to logical thinking or to mm. planning anything out and i think that he understands that the power that he has is unique 
and not something that can be acquired just by thinking uh, thoughtfully about something. And it, it almost feels like he is capable of thinking critically and wondering and being philosophical, but that he, that Denji eschews it and just decides that it's simpler to just go with the path that is in front of him, which is to use the power that he already has. Yeah. So like what has kept you reading if he's not really developing, if things aren't changing that much? I love, I look forward to it every single week that it comes out um, because the characters around him are uh, multidimensional. Denji is, is a very one-dimensional character who is motivated by uh, primarily self-interest. The people that are close to him are yeah. important and the people who have made promises to him, he wants to fulfill them. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the drama comes from uh, the people around him trying to um, stay alive, basically, in the face of uh, insurmountable conflict and strife, um, as well as this kind of search for meaning and happiness that Denji has. Like, we just wrapped up a very large battle, and I think the art is another big reason why I come back. It's very beautiful and disgusting and terrifying. Yeah. Is to see, will this character grow? bit by bit, uh, inch by inch, what will he learn? Where will the story go? What will uh, happen at a big level? I think the wow. uh, the world-building aspect is very, very uh, considered. The, the last series by this person, Fire Punch, was a uh, bizarre postmodern masterpiece, I think. Um, and August, I, I don't know if you had this reaction too, but when Fire Punch, when, sorry, when Chainsaw Man first started and Denji had that fixation about touching boobs, oh, I, man. I was so disappointed. I was so angry because I thought, what is this? What is happening? Who cares about this? Yeah, it was, it was a very off-putting um, kind of aspect of a, a pretty well-developed manga. Um, you know, I think it was like kissing. First, it was like food um, kind of fixations of being like, I want jelly on toast. We were like, oh, that's yeah. really depressing. They were eating food before. Um, and then it was like, oh, I want to see a girl's boobs and then touch them and then kiss. And then, you know, kind of snowballed, um, you know, to like the whole spectrum of sexuality. But it was really, yeah, it was really off-putting. I mean, I think primarily because it was so well thought out um, with the world building and the art was really, I don't know if I would say beautiful, but really kind of interesting. It, it was kind it's of impactful. Bizarre. Yeah, sure. It was impactful. Um, but this fixation on sexuality was, it seemed almost perverse in a way that, you know, Liv, I don't know if you know this, but like manga has like a lot of sexual undertones and overtones in almost every um, series. But this one, it felt I don't it felt really perverse for some reason and I don't I can't put my finger on it. it. Well, because it felt like it was relying on that uh time worn trope of female sexuality being the end all be all. Um, yeah, even you I don't know, even I don't know anything about it, but even you guys saying like yeah, he wants to see boobs, it's like okay, that like I fucking tracks. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. And that's that's how I felt. And I think out of uh, respect to the last series that the guy did, I continued with it and I was rereading it today. And I was struck by how quickly 
that uh, through line was thrown away for a much more mature theme of companionship and friendship and kind of finding duty in meaning in duty um, where uh, week by week, it's a chapter, 20 pages come out and you read it and you're like, Oh my God, this is the third week Where in a row that come th- out. Is it, is there like a website that you, Oh yeah. On? Oh yeah. Baby Shonen jump by viz.com. I love them. $2 a month. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, we'll, we'll buy you a subscription if you want to start reading. You know what? Maybe I will. Yeah, right. Libba. Um, there's a lot to check out there. And, I, you know, I, I do feel like the Malort did me uh, a little dirty, personally. I lost my uh, ability to coherently think ahead so i do apologize if this episode is substandard post malort but uh i do really want to get uh augie's closing thoughts on chainsaw man matt i think that your your kind of analysis of dingy and the attitudes and um you know the overarching themes are, are really spot on i don't I haven't thought about Chainsaw Man quite as in-depth as you um, talked about it. So it's kind of nice to hear it um, out loud, um, kind of as a guiding narrative for me. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head there, bud. That's cute. Thank you. Libba, what about you? How, how uh, likely are you to read Chainsaw Man? If we pay for you to be able to read it for free. Oh, I'll read it if you pay for it. No, there I'm are about uh, 80 chapters, so by my count, that is... But it's like pictures and a little words, right? So you fly yeah. through it? Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, eight books, eight 200-page books of pictures and words. Yeah. True, true. Look, I thought I would like Chainsaw Man better than the first one, but these are both very intense. They're very... Yeah, and they're graphic, too. And extremely, oh, boy. Yeah, extremely opposite ends of the spectrum, but very intense. Very intense. Um, Loba, can you think of something that you have um, interacted with on a critical level that uh, confusion brings to mind? Oh, God. Okay, that's fine. If not, we can move on. I have a, a, su- another surprise uh, section of the podcast, uh, Rippin' and Ready. So, Ooh, I'm interested. What is it? It is not another edition of the Riddle Happy Hour August. I'm sorry. Damn, dude, that's disappointing. I know. I know that people love the Riddle Happy Hour, but I am going to share my screen because we're on Zoom right now, so I want to make sure that everyone can hear this. It is actually a, a project that of mine that is 16 years in the making, believe it or not. Libba, do you know about this? Because no, I don't. I do not. Sorry, no, 12 years in the making. Um, my uh, high school rap alter ego, Kadizi. Oh, um, my God. Recorded a uh, parody of the Gorillaz album, or sorry, song Clint Eastwood. Um, okay. Kadizi released one single called uh, Blintz Eats Good Live at Borders. It is a parody of Clint Eastwood, and it was, in fact, recorded live in the travel section of the downtown Evanston borders. 
but the uh, digital track never made it my way and it was forever lost. Uh, I was looking into this the other day and I actually found the lyrics in a Facebook message to my friend Matthew from 2006, believe it or not. So we're talking about 14 years ago. And I found the lyrics and I said, you know what? I'm sure there's an instrumental on YouTube. The other day, I recorded it. Oh, boy. So I present to you Blintz Eats Good, Cod Easy, Live at Borders 2020. Shout out to E. Murda. All right, we're going to do a hot take three. Cod Easy, Can everybody hear Live this? at Borders 2020. Let's Unfortunately. go. Feel free to offer commentary. Mm. You're really uncomfortable. Okay, that's fine. I'm bloated. I'm feeling bad. I got Fritos in a bag. I'm overfed. But not for long. The future is coming up. I'm overfed. I skipped ahead a little because the uh, the chorus goes really long. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. Here comes the rap. Coming up. Finally, someone opened up my bag. Expiration for me is nothing because I'm counting no dates. Now it shouldn't be there. Now those shouldn't be pairs. I wrote this when Get I was 16. How are we feeling, people? Bears. Graham, I feel returnable. Oh, yeah, I bet you didn't buy so well. Yeah, this is not good, man. <laughs> it's what? I'm sorry. It's a little like disturbing. I like it. I think it's funny. It sounds like you wrote it earlier. Like, honestly, like it doesn't sound yeah. like something. <laughs> Like, it's very yeah, I bet you. you didn't buy so. I told you to. Cheese-o-matic few. Look, I'll make it all colorful. Here we go. Cringe and boo. Be like foos. All those pip and zoos. Cartoons. Who you think is really comical? Picture you goofing off on a Wheaties box. Eh? Pretty good, right? Did you say a lot jerk? Of food, a lot of food <laughs> references here. No, I, uh, no, I did not say J, the word. Uh, well, okay. Libba, it is a track called Blintz Eats Good. It's all about different food okay. items. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, Libba. In all those moves. They think it's not their fault. Testicles, maybe. Here comes your controls, Mr. Clean. When they're too hazy. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. But not for long, the future. Milano's cake, the baking. Without it, you shake it. Milano's to bake these, piled up in nature. Blitzes, you eat them or you don't. That's our policy. I'm with them. Every chip that's free, every Good child policy. that sees, every vein and pee, you pay with your fries. You pay construction and dead mice, exploration of the chime from this cherry cake and rice that I've sucked into your ice through ruffle, not that truffle, but trans fats he provides. Eating peas when they pry. Y'all can eat me now because you don't eat no, with your eyes. You poop with your hind. I really that's the trend. So I'm also not liking this that much. I appreciate it, but it's it feels weird. Right, why did this take, what, seven years? Eight years? Uh, 14. 14. Yeah, why did it take so Sorry. long? Yeah. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Manga Happy Hour. I'm Matt Codner, joined by, uh, as always, my uh, ungrateful ghost uh, ho- co-host, August Chiarella, and the, un- and the special guest, Levis Smith, who will never be invited back to my show again. It's why? not your show, dickhole. I demand to be invited back. All right, I do apologize. Lim is coming back. I'll be back. You'll be back. Okay. Malort makes you mean. <laughs> the, yeah, the Malort no got more me Malort. feeling. No, I, I, I'm done with Malort, buddy. I'm done. Well, um, good thing you have two bottles, so. Thank God. We are uh, at 
like, you know, the neck of a liquor bottle has some liquor in it. We have done maybe an inch under there. Well, We've had yeah, it for so long. Malort's gross, but I want to say shout out to Libba. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was really wonderful to have you, and I'm so glad we got to chat it up a little bit. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we're so happy to have you, Libba. Uh, we love you. We think that you're incredible. Uh, if you ever come back to New York, mutual. Libba, I've been driving through uh, Williamsburg recently. And wait, thinking, did you get a car? No, we didn't. No, because I lost my job. Um, but we were in a cab in okay. Williamsburg, and I thought. I'm a couple blocks away from uh, Libba's apartment. Damn, I miss her. I'll be back. I miss you too. I miss Vicky. I miss you guys. Yeah, look, as soon as you're back in the city, we'll hang, okay? Okay, sounds good. Okay, and Augie, the next time you're in New York, we'll hang. Sound good? I can't wait. The only only reason I'm coming back to New York is to hang out with you, so yeah. What about the uh, New York Marathon, Mr. Ivory and the New York Marathon once? I ran, but I already ran it, so I don't, don't need to do it again. You're not going to do it every year for the rest of your life? Okay. No, dude, that was terrible. That was so hard. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. Right, that's why I'm never doing a marathon. Yeah, like you could. Oh! <laughs> Rude. Yeah, I apologize. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in to another uh, edition of the Manga Happy Hour. I... Look forward to seeing you next week. And August, do you think you have anything you want to do next week? Just off the off the dome, non-committal. Yeah, let's hit on some uh, old faves. Let's let's touch on some bleach. You know what I mean? Wow. Okay, I will be rereading bleach this week to fuck them up. And fuck them up, Libba. We loved having you, and we will be in touch. Thanks, guys. Bye, Libba. Take care. Ta-ta. Manga Happy Hour Podcast.